right, Josh, should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. As is, as is our tradition, we start with follow-up, although I don't see anything in there. So unless something's occurred to you in the last couple seconds, uh, you can skip over that. Yeah, let's uh, move right on. Our follow-up is there is no follow-up. Not this time. Pals. What went well? Um, I saw a card come through from you that I thought was interesting. Finishing a bunch of little personal craft projects. Yeah. Um, this week, for whatever reason, I've been like wrapping up some things um, that nice. have been kind of open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently, I was telling Bethany, I, I finished this box here. I've got it right here. One second. Oh, nice. I finished this box. Um, one second. Let me unblur my screen. Yeah. Nice. So I see a wooden box, mm -hmm. maybe shoebox size. Yeah. Maybe a little bit smaller, but it's, you know, it slides open. Um, slide open thing. Yeah. I did it all with hand tools. I see some nice joint work. Yep. Some corners dovetails there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had had these like slats of wood sitting on my workbench for, I don't know, maybe six months because the whole point of this was to make a box for my, um, cross stitch stuff. Nice. Which is what's, yeah. Which is what's inside the box now. Okay, cool. Um, and I, I get a little bit, um, sometimes I get a little bit perfectionisty with some Mm. of my things, even though I'm never going to look as closely at something as I am when I'm making it. Right, true. Like, and no one will ever look as closely at things I make as I do. Sure. So those two things combined, I'm like, okay, I need to just, what is it somebody used to I feel like Marion used to say this, um, that perfection is the enemy of good. Um, it's, or perfection is the enemy of done? Well, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, so the the idea though that is just finish finish projects and just call it done yeah. and if you don't like something about it, do a different one. Yeah, um, so next I've been or something. Yeah, so I've been trying to do that and so in that spirit, I also started another cross stitch. Um nice. I've I finished up a couple little gnomes I was carving that uh-huh. I'm I love doing it. some more carving, so they're they're upstairs, I can show you sometime, but Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see some more pictures. Are you going to paint them, or how are you finishing them? The gnomes? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a snowman I made over break, and then um, like a male and female gnome. Hmm. Um, I th- I'm definitely going to paint the snowman, because he just doesn't feel done. Gotcha. The gnomes, kind of, I kind of like their um, pale foreboding presence on our shelf right now. <laughs> the light kind of shines up from below, and they seem very... Mm. It's like the dark side of Elf on a Shelf is how it feels in our house. Okay. But, I mean, you could probably put some... Um, Lacquer? Shellac? Yeah. Shellac. Something like that, right? Yeah. And I, that's what I actually, on this box, I used shellac and wax for the... Nice. Image. That's cool. Anyway. I'll look forward to those photos. Mm-hmm. All right. We have more what went well than could be improved, so I'm going to keep there. Um, I had one here converting my personal rails app to tailwind. How do you like tailwind? Yeah. I mean, I think where I'm coming down is like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
so so I should probably talk about where I'm coming from. So I'm coming from just like basically SAS. Just yeah, adding adding maybe classes or whatever I need to to be able to hook into like what is essentially CSS. So I'm coming from that. Mm-hmm. I installed Tailwind and got it all set up, and then I found that there's this thing. This class you can apply like a like a um, default plugin for Tailwind called Pros or like it's like one of their typography things, and what it mm. does is give you a bunch of like defaults mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so that you know were you to render a blog post using this um, plugin, you'd have like H ones, H twos, body copy, mm-hmm. you know, spacing, um, unordered lists would all sort of be like have some common sense styles applied to them. And I thought that might be a nice place to start. It was. And then all I had to do was kind of like apply some things that I thought needed to be changed um, in two places, the config file. And then the, um, it's like application.tailwind.css or whatever it is. And that's where you can put like top level stuff. Right. Where you hook in your own custom style. Yeah. things. Yep. And then it- of course, you know, sprinkling their tailwind styles, wherever they need to be. Need or Tailwind classes wherever they need to go. So I've been using Tailwind for hmm. a couple things. Um, I redid Zebra in Tailwind. Nice. Um, but just I, I want to back up and just talk a little bit about the trajectory of web um, <laughs> styling because I feel like this is this is interesting and it gives me this is another iteration that feels yeah. like you know it, it's just interesting how these things have played out. So. When I first started doing like web development, table-based layouts was still all the rage. Okay. Spacer.gif. Spacer.gif and you use tables. And if you need something more complicated, nested, nested tables. Frames oh, yeah. were going out of style by the time I was doing yeah. things in anger. But still, you like a lot of people started, I certainly did, with either Dreamweaver or Photoshop exports. Mm-hmm. And those used tables. Um, yeah. And so tables with background images were how you kind of set up everything. Yeah. Tables have these nice properties about them that made it really simple to lay out. Like you can think of it as a flexible grid. Um, right, right. And it worked really well for that. Um, shortly after I started doing like web development more in anger, this is like maybe 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. more small businesses, more like artists, what was all a rage is Jeffrey Zeldman and, mm-hmm. and um, Eric Meyer. Yeah. A list apart. These were like yep. in vogue, uh, hot CSS people that were talking about semantic classes and, um, basically making your markup and the way that your thing looked, make them totally separate. Right. The ideal being things like you have your, your, um, screen based style sheet, and then you have a print-based style sheet, and they can be totally different. So that when someone goes sure. and hits the print button, they're not printing out your web page; they're printing out uh, essentially just the blog post without some of the menu and other stuff that is meaningless. Yeah. And there were these beautiful for our listeners. Let's back up here and remind people yeah. that people had to print out the internet all the time back then. Well, they I mean, this is phones. This is back when people had printers, for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and and like the iPhone hadn't really come out when I was doing mm-hmm. this stuff. This was like I was reading about it, and mobile browsing was like um, it it was like BlackBerry turned whatever website into just a <laughs> some kind of half-assed just 
plain text thing with right. links. It was right. it was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And no one really did browsers on phones yet. And like responsive, people weren't really talking about that yet. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, tw- uh, 1024 wide or less, that <laughs> yeah. was what you did. And how does it look in IE6? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So <clears throat> that was the... That was the like big shift was from tables to semantic based stuff. Um, so instead of saying something like class blue when you wanted something blue, you would say class um, with emphasis or you know some other kind of semantic sure. thing or or uh, yeah, like you wouldn't put a class of brown background. you'd put class header, and then in your CSS file, that's where you would say. I want a brown background for my header, whatever. Yeah. So your HTML would be for structure, your CSS would be for style, and your JavaScript would be for behavior. And you would try to separate those three things into those three kinds of files. Right. Three pill. I mean, I think that there were so many think pieces about the three pillars of <laughs> yeah. websites. Um, it turns out that a lot of people don't find that practical anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm learning this because Tailwind was new to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? You just put utility? So the way that this works is basically the opposite of what I just said. Like <laughs> yeah. when, you want is, when you want something that's going to be brown, you just put a class of brown on it. Somewhere you right. might have config for what brown actually means or whatever. Like sure. so that there's particular a little bit of, shade. of abstraction there. Right, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Um. But you just write write with the stuff that you're writing. You put whatever stuff about making it show up the way you want it to. And this mm-hmm. is – it just feel, felt really weird at first because I, I was in that like – that semantic CSS yeah. Zen Garden um, mm-hmm. like flavor of, of everything. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been. Did it feel like unlearning some patterns that had been kind of like near and dear to your heart? I mean, in some ways, yes. But every every time I've learned another um, tool or whatever, there's still some fundamental things that you can't really give up. Like as soon as right. you, if you don't understand what floating does, mm-hmm. like it's not going to be any better in Tailwind than it is in SAS than it is in a plain CSS file. Yeah. You still have to understand CSS fundamentals. Yeah. If you're going to yeah. use flex, if you're going to use like the, like the grid thing that they have now, mm-hmm. you got to know how those work to be able to use the classes that Tailwind provides you. Yep. Yes, sir. Which by the way, so, grid is awesome. Yeah. Grid's awesome. Um, so it's like learning some of these more advanced CSS layout techniques alongside learning like a new technique for like implementing them. So you're like, right. For me anyway, I was kind of like learning tailwind while I was learning grid. You know, I knew some flex wasn't maybe used to using it all the way, whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, but they are separate things and there will probably be something after tailwind. And so those, those skills built up of like understanding how flex works and understanding, you know, those sort of new layout, like layout engines in CSS will serve you, I think. Right. It, it, you know, and it's been, there's been some trade-offs over the years too, like, because it used to be, you'd have to think a lot about cross browser mm-hmm. um, behavior. And right. these days the rendering engines are pretty close to each other. There's not a yep. lot of um, differing the, between. The gap is way different than it yes. was back in the day. Yeah. It used to be like things could look 
a hundred percent different in mm-hmm. one browser from another. So you had like web development, you'd often have multiple browser windows open the whole time you were developing. Um, but there still is some stuff at the edge. I don't know if you've messed with Tailwind's line clamp. So line clamp is like when you have a bit of text on your in your um, design and you want it to never go like never exceed one line. Instead, mm. do a dot 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 at the end. Ah, okay. So like the like way for to titles or whatever. That, yeah, or like um, comments or something. If you just want to oh, show yeah. a preview, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which like what you could do is you know try to use CSS line like. What you did before this was maybe do it in the server-side code. So you right. would only send to the client 10 characters, let's say. Right. And so now in CSS, you can send the whole string down, and then depending on maybe the width of the viewport or whatever, it'll say, well, I'll never exceed one line. And the way to, ex- to achieve this with CSS does take some like custom – what do you call them when it's like hyphen, hyphen, something? It's like pseudo – co- Pseudo classes? It's it's like browser specific, so it'd be like hyphen hyphen mods. Oh, or, right, vendor vendor prefix. Vendor, thank you, yeah, thank you. You have to use like some combination of vendor prefixes to get this to work mm. everywhere. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's cool is that Tailwind abstracts this for you, and so yeah. you can say you can use their utility class of line clamp, and then they will. Um, They'll do the right the machination. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the maybe three or four lines of CSS that would be required to make that kind of bulletproof across yep. browsers. The thing that that I was like, how is this going to work um, about Tailwind that that ended up being kind of cool is Tailwind's essentially a compiler, right? Um, with uh, dead code elimination built in. So, <clears throat> and this is what makes it, I think, usable and, and even maybe even interesting. The the CSS file that is spit out, or I mean, you could probably do it other ways, but you know, if you're just doing like here's a CSS file, vanilla and, setup, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it only outputs classes that you've used, so it actually reads the HTML or React files or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, um, and looks for the Rails names of yes, it looks for the class names. That it knows about and only outputs those that it does. Dude, it's even smart enough to search for class, like some of the class name and class list things in JavaScript files and find the classes you've added and toggled and whatever yep. in, your, in your JavaScript code. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's the part that I think is the kind of the killer feature and why mm-hmm. it seems interesting. Because it, it only output it doesn't... If you did the whole, there's a combinatoric sure. problem, you know, because there's like su- there's sizes and colors and things and like basically parameters that are just part of the class that you would end mm-hmm. up with something enormous. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it makes it makes the sense. fact that it shakes everything out to, to to give you the minimum amount of yeah. CSS yeah. to achieve your yeah, it's pretty sweet. So that was that was a good idea. Yeah, so I I like this. Um, I was pretty hesitant at first because I felt like, you know, so years and years of semantics. And now, granted, I haven't been on the front end, like, sure. in day-to-day stuff in 12 years. Um, but, yeah. you know, there's still those old habits die hard, and I'm an old man now. And so, um, yeah. And I still find myself kind of coming down maybe um, 
on the more semantic side of it. You know, for example, I could be applying these classes to just a bunch of divs, but instead I'm like making sure that when I am writing um, a layout that includes an aside that I use the aside tag. And mm-hmm. when it's uh, a layout that has headers and footers, I use those tags. And um, so that feels like a good middle ground to me mm-hmm. where um, I can be using those, those like utility classes, but I can still provide some semantic uh, information using the right tags. It's possible, although I, I have no, nothing to back this up, that that might even help things like Apple's reader view. Mm, like if sure. you use some semantic tags, it might be more like likely to work well because there are Mm -hmm. definitely places where that thing you know it does okay (laughs) but anyway good stuff tailwind so the reason i'm doing this though is because this is a this is a step in a roadmap of i want to get my um css migrated over to tailwind and then i want to get my front end code migrated over to um Hotwire. So this is HTML over the wire. It's like the Railsy way to do fancy interfaces. I'm coming from Webpacker-based React code, and I'm uh-huh. going to go to like the more standard um, Rails idioms because um, I'm just kind of like tired of React and Webpacker and all that kind of stuff. And I want to use this import map stuff. Have you seen anything about this? I don't know anything about this. I don't probably know enough to be super intelligent here, but it like doesn't have a Node modules folder. It like uses um like downloads the npm packages and maps them in a config file um so you're still running that code you're still you know doing that thing um but you know it's it's a little bit different than the typical like no like yarn install mm-hmm. um and i just want to learn more about it and get more comfortable with it and it seems i neat. see cool so anyway that's what I'm working on. I had a little bit of time this weekend to play with my personal Rails apps. So that was kind of fun. Okay. Let's go over to Could Be Improved. We got one from you, Josh. Eva had COVID. Yeah, I mean, she might, she might technically still. Um, yeah. But on, was it Saturday? Sunday, we tested her, and that's when it showed mm. up. So she was home all week. Until today, she went to school because that was like day five, and the nurse said that she could go back. And yeah, so she hates wearing a mask, but you know, she was at school with a mask. But yeah, yeah it's it's one of those like it doesn't seem so far. No one else in our family has got it this mm. particular bout. Um, but man, it's just the gift that keeps pretty on mild giving. case, or was she miserable? She was okay. I mean, she had a fever. Okay. She she had a bit of a cough. Mm-hmm. couple days and her appetite the first couple days wasn't very much but i would consider it still a mild case like it yeah. would probably look to most people like a like a minor cold standard cold mm-hmm. gotcha um, we didn't even think about testing her it's just it was just one of those <laughs> like oh yeah they've got a cold i guess we should you know so we just yeah. test anyone that was coughing in our house that day and yeah. boom so we, a few plans got changed and rearranged, um, mm. but so far a lot of the things are still are still on. Like a- Anna's birthday is on Monday, and mm. so grandparents are coming in. We're not going to do anything for the Super Bowl, the okay. su- superb owl. Um, <laughs> that we we didn't have any plans anyway, but now we gotcha. definitely won't go anywhere. Gotcha. So. All right. Well, let's stay on the superb owl for a second. Um, so you guys aren't doing anything. We're, we've got some family in town. Um, 
Jack's cousin, uh, his four-year-old cousin is in town, and Jess's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to do a little get-together with those folks and her mom and dad. So there'll be like, I don't know, two, four, six, seven of us or so. Um, I happen to find a what I thought was a pretty interesting recipe for ribs on the New York Times website. And so I'm going to make some fancy ribs, and we're going to um, drink some beer and watch the football. Oh man, how are you gonna how are you gonna prep them? Are you gonna smoke them? Are you gonna put them in the grill? Are you gonna put them in the oven? So this is a recipe that just calls for oven and broiler. Okay. So nothing fancy in that regard, but it uses Concord grape jelly to uh, get a little sweet and you know sweet and savory going on, and make them very um, moist. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Uh, for that. So anyway, mm-hmm. I thought I thought this recipe looked really interesting. I'm gonna give it a shot. I got two racks of ribs yesterday, so they're they're chilling and ready to uh, get get put together on Sunday. I'm not adventurous enough to do ribs. I I did ribs one time and they came out so dry. I don't. I, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. I I feel too sad to try it again. Gotcha. Low and slow, I hear, is the way to go. Yeah. With ribs, but I don't so know. So we'll see. That... I got the. I got the recipe saved. I'm going to give it a shot. If it turns out terrible, I'm sure I'm sure we can get some pizza or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't uh, think that Domino's will be busy that day. Um, no, it should be fine. I wouldn't mm-hmm. worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Back to what went well from you, going on a double date, is that still a thing people say? No, I don't know. No is it? That. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Wanted to make sure. <laughs> so... Bethany set up, we're, we're going to an improv show with another oh, nice. couple tonight. And this is the first time we're going to try something new where we leave one of our phones home and we're going to alert the neighbors. But this is after our youngest has gone to bed. Okay. So we're going to try it without a sitter is what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. Your oldest is 11? Yeah, he's he's getting close to 12. So... Yeah, we have friends who have been doing this, and we're all we used to be like, what? But I, I think we're <laughs> like we're kind of like, okay, yeah, the neighbors are right there. We know them yeah. well. We've got the phone. Okay, okay, yeah. Interesting. So, whose phone's being left? Bethany's. Mm. Mine has a better buzzer, and I'm more likely to feel it because I keep it in my pocket. Gotcha. That feels a little more safe to all Yeah, the, like, yeah. We want we like, want like a parties. We don't want to like have it in the purse and then you know sure. miss the miss the robber getting in or whatever. <laughs> okay. Joe Pesci's in here. <laughs> uh, Dad, I got the paint cans all set up, <laughs> but no, but no one's come in the house yet. Is that uh, okay? We're the wet cool. bandits. Well, <laughs> uh, that's great. I hope that you guys have a great time and. You know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be fine. Yeah. No, no, nothing's going to happen. Okay. I'm going to take that addressed. Let's stick there and go to uh, a card for me. Second grade parent slash teacher conference. And this is in what went well. He had a good, he had a pretty solid, good review from his teacher. Um, and we had a check-in with her and discovered that uh, he's reading a little, a little above grade level still. Doing a nice job on that. Um, things he could improve upon include he's got a very messy desk. Mm. 
He's, he's in second grade. I mean, yeah. Do, do, I think so, does he have one of those desks where you put stuff in the desk? Correct. Okay. Yep. I think it's. I think it hinges up, so so it's, you can sort mm. of like grab the lip on the front, lift yep. it up, get the papers or the books you need, and kind of put it back down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is that she, you know, because he's been reading ahead and kind of doing a good job on that stuff, she gave some set of kids that were in that that are in that phase of their reading. She gave them like a project. Write me a four or five page. I mean, page, <laughs> write me a four or five thing of like facts about a cactus or whatever it is. And so Wait, she would sort four of four or five paragraphs, well, four or five sentences. Well, it'd be like each. So it's like, a, it's like a piece of paper folded in half with like another piece of paper folded in half in it, kind of like stapled. So it's sort of like a one, two, three, four, five, six, like, like an eight page book booklet sort of thing. oh is he is he drawing as well exactly so the, oh, okay the top yeah, yeah. half is a huge drawing of a cactus and then it's yeah. like a couple sentences he like did some diagramming of like where the roots are and whatever nice all that to say she would like remind all of the kids at the beginning of the week hey on friday i'm gonna check your progress on this you should have this much done okay all right mm-hmm. and he would never have anything done and, and he would always say i forgot or um well you didn't remind me and she's like, I did. I reminded all of you. Mm-hmm. But I, I think what he was expecting was like, Jack, right now, you need to do this. But ah. what she said was, everyone who has this assignment should be doing this now. So anyway, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you're going Indirect to versus grade. direct commands and Yeah, and you're going to have them. more homework. You're going to have more, mm-hmm. you know, less more vague commands or whatever you want to call it. And there's a little bit of, um, you know, expectations that he'll kind of figure things out anyway. Um, but he did great. And she said, he's a pleasure to have. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I'm sorry. (laughs) So beefy. (laughs) Basey. Okay. Really hits you in the gut. Um, speaking of hitting you in the gut, I put one on here last week. What went well? Last of Us episode three. No spoilers. I added the no spoilers. I've not seen Last of Us. I just know that um, Pedro Pascal's in it, and people are like, "Hey, this is the zeitgeist," which means I'll watch it in three years. I think that you should try watching this one sooner. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to miss the moment. Mm-hmm. I think this episode three is something that you should be hip to. Like right okay. now. Okay. You know what I mean? Like skip the first two episodes and just go right. You actually it. probably could, but I wouldn't advise you to do that. Sure. So I would like, before this season of Pudding Time is over, to be able to return to this topic, you having watched it. Okay. I'll file that in my everybody who has uh, received an assignment to watch Last of Us, please <laughs> let me check your progress. I'll put I'll file it right there. Thank Tick you. in that box. Uh, nothing else from you. We're kind of blazing right through here. I guess we could maybe do one more technical topic. People love it when we do technical topics on this podcast. Especially me. Yep. Uh, could be improved for me. Apple's Keychain API. You ever do anything with Apple's Keychain API? So this is... I, I'm, a, I'm aware of Apple's Keychain, but I've only interfaced with it when I like have to. As a user, maybe. Yeah, Never exactly. as a, an engineer. Yeah. 
So the idea is um, Apple's very keen to provide good privacy and security experiences for their users. And so rather than having every you know, every team that's making apps for the iPhone have to reinvent how they store um, sensitive mm-hmm. credentials. Apple's going to provide you a way for all of those apps to do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of that um, very broad support, the way that engineers use the the features that Apple provides, it's pretty rough. There's a lot of um, like, okay, so so for example, you have to query the keychain for certain things the properties that can be put in the keychain item include mm-hmm. things like the server the account which is like email the password or it could be a token mm-hmm. and then like some kind of like grouping so the the reason i even like got into any of this stuff is that i made the rc widget Oh yeah. This is like mm-hmm. when you go on your home screen, you can add widgets. I added one for Artsy, and it basically just like shows you some art. And what would be cool is if we have personalized recommendations for you, instead of just showing you the same art anybody else sees, could I show you the art that's been recommended for you based on your behavior? Right. Well, so that you need to be able code, to log in somehow, essentially. Yeah, that widget code has no concept of who you are. And so one thing you can do is you can use the you can use a keychain like shared app group or something like that Ah. and then you can share those keychain credentials between those two aspects of your app cool so i find that out i start tinkering with it and yeah so i just like run into landmines everywhere you know there's um there's this evolution that's happened with swift where we've gone from objective c to swift and some of the types have come along and some haven't and this part of the ios development experience is still kind of stuck in that objective c land where you have like string constants that you're making dictionaries out of and you're making queries and then you're mm-hmm. sending in pointers to get the values out and you got to <sighs> cast them and it's just like it's nothing like the advancements they've made in other areas of their platform mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's painful and could be improved oh that's the end um then i discover <laughs> that um <laughs> So I first started with user defaults. So user defaults is another place you can share things between uh, the the groups. Okay. That's less that's less um, secure. Yeah, it's less secure. You shouldn't use that for credentials. And I'm you know first I'm trying to get a token over the wall here. Then I discover that in our application we support third party auth. Okay, and so the way we support third party auth is like you can download the app on your phone, you can sign in with like Apple, and then Apple provides us like an anonymized email. Okay. And we sort of turn those credentials into, in an OAuth dance, we turn those into like an access token. Sure. And we don't, so, but you can also sign in with your email and password. And when you sign in with an email and password, we store in the keychain that token. But when you sign in with a third-party auth, we don't store anything in the keychain. We don't really have anything to store. And so I can't just use the keychain to, sh- to share credentials from the app to the widget because I would lose all of, the, all of the users that are using third-party auth. Yeah. So now I'm back to maybe what I should do is have the host app manage all this stuff and just write the – because you can share, like, 
file system access basically between your widget and your host app. Mm -hmm. So so now I'm thinking like I should just write everything that I want the widget to know about in that shared uh, disk space. And then it can just read it and never even have had to make the the network calls using that token. And would instead just be able to read some JSON file of your recommendations. But now it's on that host application to keep that recommendations JSON file up to date. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) So... That's what I'm at right now. Yeah. It's interesting problems that I know very little about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Taking that addressed. Hey, Josh, what is for dinner? It's a pizza. Yeah. Oh, did you see, by the way, did you see the SNL, um, Andrew Buskell? I am behind. No. Okay. You don't have to watch the whole episode. But okay. there is a Mario Kart <laughs> prestige TV trailer. Okay. Okay. I've better, sh- I better That's, check that out. And, and, you know, Pedro Pascal's in it. So, yeah. And then, and I, I just have to say, the very first part, they're like, I'm looking for somebody to drive me, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, yeah. They told me you might be one of the ones he turns around. It's a me, Mario. <laughs> it's just so. It's pretty good. You know, pitch perfect. Uh, HBO style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like anyway, that. pizza. Yeah. Well, over here, uh, like I said, we had some. We we have some family in town, so we'll go out to to eat with everybody. Um, Jack has his last volleyball. Um, he did some like vo- volleyball camp. The last of those sessions mm-hmm. is tonight, so um, he'll do that, and then we'll kind of all go out for dinner somewhere. Last I, night we went to a place and did trivia, which was super fun. Because they were here Wait, last night too. Just the, just the, the adults, or did kids too? Kids too. How they? How the kids do? Did they like the trivia? Here's what they liked: they liked drawing pictures for the woman who was doing the the trivia, and then running over to her and and handing her their various drawings for her. Okay. Okay. So they were helpful. Mm-hmm. And we made sure that they waited until she was done speaking before they ran over there <laughs> and gave her something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're but, looking yeah. at who's going to be. Who are the they, the names of the first four beat? Oh, thank you for this drawing. Drawing of a beehive. Is that a cactus? Is that the root system of a cactus? <laughs> at the end, um, Jack made a drawing that included the the... the some snippets of text one of them said please give us points uh, and so at the end of it she gave us a half a point because we were like in fourth place maybe she gave us a half a point for um uh not cheer but um like team character i forget what she said anyway she she gave us a freebie half a point and then i discovered that's what jack was going for the whole time mm. He, he wanted left, to. He left feeling like he earned his his keep. Yeah, he was like, "I helped you guys. I helped you mm-hmm. guys get points. I didn't know the answers to these questions because they're fucking for adults." But right. I drew a drawing that got this woman to give you half a point. Right. Man, trivia yeah. night. I miss trivia night. I'm gonna do a trivia night sometime. Those are fun. Yeah, it's. I I think it's the more fun the bigger group you have. So oh yeah, I, I I find that like Lots when Jess and I do it, it's like oh my god. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be out with like a, a group of four or more that are all kind of contributing and mm-hmm. arguing about the about the original members of Kiss. 
That's right. Um, hang on. You, so I have, a, I, have a, I have a dangler here that, that, that you just helped me see. Um, so you lived in Chicago for a while, right? Yeah. Are you aware of the Kiss tribute band called Fat Kiss? No, I'm not. <laughs> I think you should check it out. You should maybe do some Google searches. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very close to probably what you're expecting. Do they play it like that Kuma burger or whatever? Or that, what was it called? Probably. The ro- hard rock yeah, burger? It's like the, yeah, it's like the metal... Um, burger bar. Yeah, the metal burger bar. Mmm. It's okay. pretty good. You got any dangles? Ah! <laughs> 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 I, I don't know what that was. It's good. Uh, yeah. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. Well, as usual, um, what a pleasure you got to talk to me today, and I can't wait to do it again. Hey, remember, it's always putting time somewhere. <laughs> do you remember that chat GPT thing you sent me? <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like it was, give me a transcript of a podcast episode featuring John and Josh. And that was, that was the outro was, and remember, it's always so, putting time. It's pretty good. All right. Love you, too. Love you.